Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. Well, 2017 was quite a year for Canadian media. From the unveiling of the Creative Canada policy to stunning data on how much content Canadians are consuming online to the rise of new streaming media services, this year marked a distinct shift towards the full embrace of new media in Canada. Montreal-based media blogger and journalist Steve Faggy joined Broadcast Dialogue writer and editor Connie Thiessen to talk about the year in review. Let's just get right into it. It was a pretty big year in Canadian media. I mean, it's that's kind of an understatement. Where do you want to start? What's what's on your list, Steve? There's a lot of stuff. Definitely a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, there are, every year there's, there's a lot of stuff. I remember at the end of 2016, everyone's like, "Oh, 2016 was such a horrible year. 2017 will be better." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? 2017 is no way going to be better." I mean, certainly the thing at the top of people's minds, I think, right now is this whole. Uh, Harvey Weinstein scandal and all of the scandals that have come out as a result of that, this sort of growing snowball of accusations of uh, men, powerful men losing their jobs, a lot of them in media, a lot of them in broadcasting, because uh, in some cases, you know, very serious actions, in a lot of cases, serial actions, uh, you know, lots of, uh, lots of victims, if we can call them that. Uh, who have who have come forward and said, okay, this is enough. You know, someone has to talk about this. Um, so that's, I think that, especially for those who are affected, is is definitely the story of the year for well, uh, for media. And within Canada, I mean, Quebec has been like the epicenter of this. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that. And and why do you think that that uh, you know Quebec media were the first to sort of have this onslaught of allegations come out here in Canada? It's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't think Quebec is much different culturally or anything else from the rest of Canada in, in this sense. I think, you know, these scandals can, can happen anywhere. I think Quebec media was a bit more uh, proactive in terms of investigating things like this. When we saw the stories come out about uh, Eric Salvay, for example, who was the face of the, the V network in Quebec, um, which definitely is, uh, uh, has not had a good year as a result of that. Um, you know, the journalist said that this didn't just start with, with the Weinstein scandal. They've been looking into this for months, if not years. Uh, and it's just, but it's just now that the, the, the victims are willing to come forward and, and be named. You know, I think, I think this kind of thing exists elsewhere, but I think the, the Canadian media just hasn't, you know, I don't want to say they, they, they haven't been, been investigating, but nothing's, nothing big has come out yet. Mind you, there's a lot of people, maybe not huge names, you know, but there have been people who have, in, in English Canada as well, been, been called out for things like this and have, uh, have lost their jobs as a result. Right, and I think you know Greg Zahn is sort of is sort of the biggest name that's been attached to this. That's, that's probably know. yeah, that's probably the biggest name so far that that's come out and and, and has resulted in uh, and has has resulted in a dismissal. And that's I mean that's pretty big for for Sportsnet. Anyone who follows Sportsnet's baseball coverage definitely knows the name and knows the personality. And that's 
you know, it's, it's kind of one of those larger-than-life guys who is uh, who's going to be difficult to replace. I think 2018 is going to be a really interesting year, uh, you know, it, where this issue was concerned just because – uh, you know, in some ways, FM radio, um, you know, particularly rock radio morning shows by definition have been the last bastion of political incorrectness. And now where is that line? Do you have any thoughts on that? Certainly for the past few years, there's been this growing um, contingent of people who have sort of eschewed political correctness entirely and have almost backlashed against, you know, social progress and said, you know what, uh, if I want to make a sexist joke, I should be able to make a sexist joke, and, you know, you PC police are, are going too far. I don't think there's, I don't think it's it's necessarily, you know, one style of uh, uh, a radio, certainly something like rock or sports talk is, is going to be more male-oriented, but I don't think it's, it's necessarily because of that that, you know, they're going to be less uh, less progressive. It's really on a, on a, on a personality you know, personal personality level uh, that that you're going to see stuff like that, and people who work for the same station might be might be diametrically opposed. Sometimes people who work on the same show might be diametrically opposed on uh, on an issue like that. And sometimes it makes for good radio. Sometimes it makes for kind of awkward radio. So, what else is on your list, Steve? Uh, you know, as far as uh, the top newsmakers in Canadian media. It's funny. I'm, I mean, I'm going through the the stuff that is that has happened uh, this year. And you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's there's stuff related to um, to community newspapers that have either been sold or shut down. There's job losses or cuts at you know at Bell Media and and elsewhere. Uh, nothing like the kind of cuts we've seen over the past five years or so. When we had these, you know, we've had these triple digit job cuts. And if less bad news is good news, I guess that's sort of a sort of a, a you know news there but i don't know it's like I, I feel like there's there's been maybe a bit less news uh this year than last year or the year before in terms of uh in terms of media i feel in some ways there were a lot of sort of smaller stories and i mean you alluded to cuts in the you know the tour star post media uh deal which was you know kind of um almost a capper in terms of uh, the death knell for old media, both both in, uh, you know, the tone of the regulator in, um, you know, impressions of, of what the Creative Canada policy is actually going to look like when we see it, but also, you know, really the mass adoption of streaming, uh, which is now, you know, supported by data in terms of how Canadians are consuming their content. I mean, the rise of the radio player app, I mean, all of these things, I think, collectively just sort of point toward the death knell for old media is what I'm calling it. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a progression. Right. So, you know, Netflix wasn't invented this year. It didn't uh, it didn't suddenly, you know, take off in Canada this year. But it is it is increasing its market share. Now, I think we're at something like a, a quarter, even a third of Canadian households who subscribe to Netflix. Which is huge. Newspapers, for example, the the Tor Star Post Media deal, it was consolidating markets, which we've seen in in other places like Quebec and BC before, where you have, you know, a, a small community that has two different newspapers owned by two different chains, and then they decide, you know, what we can't sustain this anymore, so one chain sells to the other, and then you know, a newspaper gets 
either merged or shut down. A lot of the markets in Ontario that were affected by the uh, by the the, the post media tour star deal. That's what happened. You, they still have one paper. There's a few exceptions like Barry that doesn't have a daily newspaper anymore. But in most cases, it's consolidation of markets, and eventually we're going to see the smaller markets lose newspapers entirely, and uh, and who knows about uh, about the major dailies such as the one I work for, what it's going to look like in in ten years because. You know, the, the numbers are definitely telling a story there. Advertising revenue is going down. Readership is going down. Subscription revenue is going down. Uh, eventually, you do not have a business model anymore. Right. And I mean, the province of Quebec, I think, has been, uh, you know, uh, one of the forward thinking, um, you know, governments in terms of putting money towards that digital conversion. It would certainly, it certainly wants to, to portray itself that way. Uh, there was an announcement just recently that they're going to put about $36 million into initiatives to help out. Part of that is just giving newspapers a tax break because they have to pay a tax to uh, offset the cost of recycling their newspapers after they're read. So the government's going to give them a bit of a tax break on that uh, and a bit of stuff, a bit of money to help with the transition. How that's going to actually play out is a little bit unclear. Uh, same thing on the federal level. What kind of initiatives this this fund will uh, will pay for? It's not 100% clear. But this kind of thing, to me, it's like putting a bandage on a, a gaping wound. I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Media have known for five, ten years that their business model was collapsing and that they need to make that transition. I don't think a little bit of a little bit of cash to, you know, start a pilot project is going to make that much of a difference. I had a couple on my list that we haven't touched on. One was uh you can now say the F word on French radio. I never thought that would happen. Uh you know, uh, you know, you being in Montreal, I mean, tell me uh, what what the response was to that one. It was kind of funny. I think it made more more of a splash in in, in English Canada than uh, than in Quebec. Uh, what was interesting is that this is the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council deciding that a, a French language radio station that played a clip, someone speaking in English and using the F word, was not as outrageous, not as offensive as if an English radio station had done the same thing. It's a decision I'm kind of scratching my head about, but certainly the uh, the you know norms have changed. There was uh, there was another decision. Um, I believe it was the CBC Ombuds, Ombudsman who's saying when commenting about a journalist using the the word goddamn and saying that you know what our language has changed what we find offensive is not the same as what we found offensive maybe 10 20 years ago uh so so certainly uh sensibilities have uh, have changed uh in the in the past few years but yeah we've, we've seen the several decisions out of the uh cbsc that uh that have been interesting to say the least right um another one i had on my list was net neutrality with uh you know sort of developments uh, in the U.S., kind of moving away from the idea that all uh, you know content should be treated equally. I sort of feel that that's going to be that's going to be one of the big stories of 2018. Do you have any other predictions? Yeah, well, that's going to be a big one. That's I mean the the, the U.S. is definitely going to take the lead on that. Uh, they seem to be moving in that direction. Uh, Canada has been very strongly for net neutrality. In fact, uh, the Heritage Minister Melanie Jolie just two days ago giving a speech in, in which he sort of re-emphasized that we're not going to uh, we're not going to allow internet companies to decide what kind of, of traffic gets gets preferential treatment. But, you know, when most of your internet traffic goes through the United States, there's just so much you can control. As for uh, predictions for next year, I mean, a lot of it 
kind of more of the same, you know. It's uh, it's kind of a safe uh, bet to take is newspapers, the situation for newspapers is going to get more precarious. Television is going to have to uh, continue to deal with, in some cases, very thin profit margins. Uh, we may see more you know, low, uh, low-rated uh, television uh, channels and networks uh, bite the dust, and maybe a few more emerge. Uh, you know, you just look at those trend lines in terms of where the money is, where the money is going, and you have to think that they're just going to continue, and, and we're going to see more next year of what we saw this year. Thanks so much for joining me, Steve. You're very welcome. That was Montreal-based blogger and journalist Steve Faggy in conversation with broadcast dialogue writer and editor. Connie Thiessen. 2017 marked the loss of some notable contributors to Canadian film and broadcasting. To name a few, Betty Kennedy of Front Page Challenge, Monty Hall of Let's Make a Deal fame, actor John Dunsworth, TSN curling commentator Ray Turnbull, radio consultant Arnie Selsey, former Rogers radio executive Gary Miles, CBC Montreal host Pierre Pascoe, former CKNW Vancouver sports broadcaster Neil McRae, talk show host Rafe Mayer, the Reverend Tom Harper, and the Vinyl Cafe's Stuart McLean, just to name a few. Now, as always, we'll recognize all those we lost this year in our first edition of the Weekly Briefing in the New Year. This is Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.